Hi, I'm Carrie from Canine Hooper's World. And I'm Chantelle from CK9 Training, and you're listening to Dog Trainer Confessions. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dog Trainer Confessions. I think this is episode four. Um, how are you, Carrie? I'm good. Hello, my name's Carrie. Oh, sorry, I'm Chantelle. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll tell people who we are. They'll get it. Oh, like, Fine. <laughs> if they haven't worked this out by now, go back to episode one. We explained it then. Yeah, sorry. That's all right, babe. So how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How how's, are you? How are how's you? the craziness that is your life? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like anything exciting that's happened. Don't go wandering away from the microphone. I can't hear you. Can you not hear me? Oh, that's better. You need to face your microphone. What were you doing? My wire on my laptop kept unplugging. Oh, for goodness sake. You can tell this is a professional podcast, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I'm not editing this out, by the way. This is staying in. This is part of the (laughs) Okay, can you hear me better now? Yeah, Yeah, hopefully the world can hear you. Otherwise, it's going to sound really weird, me just talking and then being quiet and talking and being quiet. Yeah. being quiet so you know (laughs) so how's your week been (laughs) yeah no really 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 good um the hoopers world website went live this week and so did the instructor course so the canine hoopers world instructor course is now available online cool which is very exciting yeah Yeah. so anyone in the world can do it now which is super exciting Perfect. And that's a good thing about online stuff, isn't it? That yeah, you can yep. increase yep, yep, yep. Um, demographic. Absolutely. So yeah, no, online is definitely the way to go forward. So yes. So what have you been up to, Missy? Um, like you, I've been kind of going down the online route. I can't really say too much at the moment, but oh, I've got some exciting courses in the pipeline. Um, right. so. Yes, so it's, it's just kind of like an exclusive sneak preview. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it's just been, I don't know, need to just start doing lots of filming. Um, so, which is actually, it's quite good because it actually encourages me to train my own dogs. So <laughs> it's like, not a bad Hang thing. A You're a dog trainer. You don't train your own dogs. No, That's but you know what I mean? You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, no, I've been good. I, the Agility World Championships has been on last week. So I've literally been glued to my laptop for the last four days watching the live stream. Um, so yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that's so about it really. You've been watching Agility. That's what you've been doing. That's been your... And then, yeah, and then yeah. training my dog for Agility. But yeah. Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. I'm seeing a theme with your week's activity. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and right. I went to the Isle of Wight as well. Just been to the Isle of Wight doing hoopers for a change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're doing agility, I'm doing hoopers. Everyone's having a lovely time. It's awesome. Absolutely. So um, the confessions have been slowing down a bit. We need people to send us more confessions. Definitely, definitely. We've got one each for today, haven't we? But yeah, we are on the hunt for more. Yeah, we need more. We need more, more, more. So um, who's going first? Am I going first or are you going first? Um, Let's do your one because your one is kind of related to what we talked about last week. It is. I did give you a little sneak preview. So um, obviously I won't say the name because these confessions are anonymous. But um, it says, I was taking the dogs to the dog sitters. So it was early-ish in the morning. And I was obviously, as always, late. We, we understand the lateness. Like, we, we feel your pain with the lateness. So they walked across the road from the house to where the car is parked. And at the same time, a lady who is a former puppy class client of mine is trotting her cob up the road. So that one of her old clients is on her horse, riding <laughs> up the road on the horse. Oh, no. So... Her little chihuahua um, hasn't seen many horses and started to bark. So she tried to kind of usher her away a little bit. And she had her foot on both the leads as she was trying to sort out the car, 
get the car crate open, get the dog in the car crate, and yeah. the chihuahua got loose, legged it <laughs> up the road after the horse barking her head off. Um, <laughs> and she still okay. had the other dog to think about, so she couldn't just chase after that one. So she had oh, to quickly no. get the dog that was still attached to her in the car and make sure he was safe, and then chase the other dog up the hill, frantically trying... Uh, <laughs> it says frantically trying my well-practiced recall cue to no avail. So she <laughs> stopped traffic both ways. And the horse, oh luckily not in the least bit bothered, has also stopped. And she's left chasing the chihuahua all over the road around parked cars trying to grab the lead. Oh, and no. she said, I know you should never chase a dog that's loose, but hey, I was embarrassed. We've all been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> finally managed to grab her lead and get her back. It wouldn't have been so bad, but because the rider is an ex pint and knows everyone in the village. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, bless her. Had to be a chihuahua. <laughs> These freaking chihuahuas, I tell you. Of course, it had to be a chihuahua. <laughs> they're just they're too naughty. I love them. I know, that is really freaking good. Freaking horse, though. Like, that's a horse. <laughs> and that's so lucky, actually, the horse was okay and not yeah. bothered as well. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. No, because um, not any of my current dogs, but actually one of my, um, it was my dad's collie, got chased by a horse on a walk one day. That was quite scary. Munch got chased by a horse once. Um, first time I took her to the yard, I put her in a stay at the gate um, and she came in the field and my boss's horse chased her out the field. And after that, if I put her in a stay at a gate, she did a really good stay. So yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. the ideal training scenario, but yeah. No, absolutely. I know. I've just, um, my training venue here is at an equestrian centre actually. And they've mm -hmm. just kind of built me my own little like um, arena um and obviously because all the agility equipment's moved and everything like that the horses they're like just loose during the day and they're just mm -hmm. free to roam because it's on like there's loads of acres of land and stuff and um yeah, it's all open and the horses are like really inquisitive so I was training my dogs there last week and all of a sudden about 10 horses gathered towards <laughs> me and my four dogs and I was like <gasps> and I quickly called them to me stuck them all behind me whilst I kind of well yeah because you don't know what the ponies are going to be like do you? you don't know if they're all right no. I know absolutely I mean luckily all mine are okay with horses but yeah I did kind of have a bit oh, of a that's what I forgot to tell you so we have a little chat pre-recording guys just so we can get our gossip out of the way so you don't have to listen to us driveling on for hours but um the M23 this week, um, there were 10 horses loose on the M23. They got oh, out really? um, a paddock at a race yard and there was like 10 yearlings just stood on the motorway on Sunday morning. Oh no. <laughs> they, they had to like close the road and everything and they got them back and everything. But yeah, ponies on the motorway. <laughs> oh, we quite often get cows and goats on the highway here in South Africa. That's quite, yeah, a normal... Sight but to like see stood in the middle of the road or like at the edge they just tend to be kind of on the grass verges just chewing away at the grass quite unnerving it. driving past them though isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> so when, when i was down the new forest the other week um allison was in my van with me and the ponies were literally like inches away from the road so i slowed down and allison was like oh tell you you're not a local and i was like, <laughs> oh really wow. and every car was just flying past them and i actually spooked the ponies because i slowed down oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. so what's what confession did you pick my love okay so this confession is related to what we're going to talk about today cool. um which is about kind of like dog dog reactivity um so i'm gonna read it out so this trainer was working with a reactive dog and trying very hard to keep her under threshold which was quite tricky in her own neighborhood due to living opposite a park she chose her routes carefully with exit strategies in mind and kept her eyes peeled but every now and then a dog would catch her by surprise and before the dog i was working with noticed she would say 
the word shit under her breath. <laughs> it, didn't take, it didn't take long for the dog to realize that she was saying that. And every time she said that, it meant a dog was about to appear. So the dog very quickly cottoned on, <laughs> Van, which is very clear. And it's so easy to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, solution was twofold. First, she had to stop training in her neighborhood until she'd made more progress. Mm-hmm. And two, she had to counter condition on the muttering of the word shit. So she basically <laughs> walked around saying shit, oh shit, all the time whilst throwing food on the ground. Um, <laughs> so, yes, that was today's confession. So, um, <laughs> but I think it's so easy to do though, isn't it? Like I've worked with so many like dogs that are fearful of other dogs and you see the owners, the moment they see yeah. another dog, their whole body language will change. They'll tighten the lead if the dog is on the lead. Okay. okay. Um, so dog trainer confession. Um, my emergency U-turn cue is O-F-U-C-K. because it used to be let's go and then I used to say the other thing before let's go so now if I say O-F-U-C-K um yeah the the dogs change direction yeah yeah absolutely um so yes yes so I mean it is quite a common problem isn't it are any of your dogs reactive towards oh don't even start the Ginger Witch, my little tiny dog, is horrific with other dogs. You know she is. We have five breeds that are approved on her list. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> She's like not breeders to like five breeds. That's that's <laughs> the extent of it. The only time I've ever been out somewhere completely new with her in public where I wasn't having to watch her every two seconds and wasn't like some crazy hypervigilant lunatic was when I went to the Festival of Chihuahuas because it was only oh, yeah. Chihuahuas there and mm. she was absolutely fine mm. because she was with her peoples. Yeah, yeah. No, and then Shelties, Datsuns, um, Rhodesian Ridgebacks, they're on her approved breed list. Okay, interesting. Randomly. Um, When she was a puppy, I used to walk with one, um, and I used to walk her with one quite a lot, who was really chill. So although they're big, they tend to be a bit more chilled out. Um, Yeah. She doesn't mind Newfoundlands either. (laughs) So I don't think it's it's not a size thing with her. It's a... It's very much an energy thing. She does not do oodly mixes. She doesn't like oodles. Um, Spaniels, she's not a massive fan of either. I mean, she walks with one, Merlot, the, you know, the um, cocker that I walk. And he's the dude, he totally ignores her. But the second he gets out of the van, she'll growl at him. And he just ignores her and then they're fine. But yeah, we'll growl at him. I think that he's so full of energy though, isn't he? Yeah, he's Um, literally, he's like a can of coke that's just been dropped and then opened. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Cavaliers are on her approved breed list. That's the other one. Okay. Okay. No. That's that's Cavaliers, Ridgebacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh bless her. And has she always been fearful of other dogs? Like was it no, um not at all. So um it was really frustrating for her. So I for those that don't know me and Minx, um I actually bred Minx. I have um her Royal Highness Princess Cheek the third of Far Far Away Land is her mum to give her a full title. <laughs> And uh, yeah, had this really good idea to have a litter. Would I do it again? Nope, we will get to that in another episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But Minx was awesome as a puppy. I did loads of socializing with her. I was doing a bit of dog walking at the time and she used to come on a walk with me with a Ridgeback and a St. Vila. So she was socialized with loads of different dogs. And then I was at a dog training thing one day and Typical lunchtime, everyone's got their dogs out playing together. And one of the trainers had a new rescue dog, brought it into the field, let it off leads, and it decided Minx was edible. Oh, no. And that was it. From there, Mm. she just, if it's bigger than her, she doesn't like it. Which, when you weigh four kilos is, well, I mean, how long did it take us to get our 
our little cruise. I don't, I, I know it's silly. I don't like using the word pack. Um, I know that's the correct technical term, but they're like our little cruise. Um, it was probably about a year, wasn't it? When they were actually, I would say fine. Yeah. yeah, I think my dogs were always quite good with her in that. I think my dogs, yeah, and they're not, the, my girls especially, they're not massively into other dogs anyway. Yeah. They'd rather just potter around and do their own thing and they'd rather sniff and chase squirrels and you know playing with dogs for them isn't a massively mm -hmm. not high on their priorities of things yeah. to do when out on a walk they like to play with each other and so I think that probably helped Minx quite a lot in that yeah. but then uh, who was that shelter that you looked after oh that was, that was the day where we both went Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, yeah. She wanted to play with her, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she like actually play bowed, and like you and me just stood there yeah. like open mouth, like was. And it was at my house as well, wasn't it? So it was like in me. Yeah, I remember. And we mm. had so how many dogs would we have had in the house? Ten. I'm trying to Nine. think. I did have flash then, didn't I? Yes. So I would yes. have had four. I know I've had five because yeah. So we yeah. So there were nine dogs in the house. So yeah, it was quite busy and yeah, she just took to her, didn't she? And was like, you are yeah. Sheltie, you are cool. And now yeah. if she sees a Sheltie, she will actually wag her tail rather than go rigid and yeah. try and eat it. But I think that's probably because of our regular weekly yeah. walks. Oh yeah, totally. Obviously totally, yeah, no, it made with, Yeah, um, definitely. So massive difference yeah and um and it was always but we never had because sometimes like munch i mean munch doesn't start discussions but she will finish them being a ball braid but we never ever had any problems with and splash used to get so cheeky with munch and she just mm. used to ignore him didn't she she was like yeah. oh, young and yeah no she was very boy. tolerant with him he's really he good seems to have that way about him he seems mm. to um yeah kind of be able to do that with dogs where yeah, they sassy. don't yeah it's <laughs> a very cheeky boy um so what yes. about you guys miss savvy so savvy same as you i mean i didn't breed her i got her as a puppy um and the breeder did loads of socializing with her um i obviously carried it on but then unfortunately when she was about five months old where I was teaching at the time, the owner hadn't realized that I was in her field and she let her dogs out. Um, and obviously it's like their kind of area where mm. they, it was a huge field, but the, her dogs are used to exercising there. And they saw us there and one of them just chased Savannah and she was absolutely terrified. Um, Bless her. And it took me a while to get her back. Um, eventually I did get her back. There was no harm done or anything, but it's definitely kind of stayed with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just over, I mean, she's, she's eight now. She eight? Yeah. Nearly eight years old. Mm. Um, so she's got so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, but throughout her younger life, like she has been chased kind of by other dogs every now and then, which has set her back. Um, and she was also present as well when Honey, my little papillon, got quite badly attacked by another dog. Which doesn't um, help. And mm. Savannah actually has reacted, I think I said on the first episode, mm -hmm. she kind of reacted more negatively to that because she kind of saw everything going on. Mm -hmm. um, and even to this day, sometimes if she sees that particular breed of dog, mm -hmm. again, I have to kind of watch her and do some work with yeah, her yeah, and yeah. stuff because that fear in her is like say so she's so much better now um but it's I have to kind of what you know she's she does get fearful especially with dogs come bounding up to her um yeah, but, and I think as well like I mean obviously you can pick her up but that is where I'm at an advantage that worst case scenario I can just pick things up yeah and I've never had to pick her up or I've never because I think sometimes that in itself as well can kind of create some problems yeah it does. 
there's um, a real debate about should you pick your dog up or not. I mean, my argument yeah. for it is Minx weighs four kilos. And if there's yeah. a 40 kilo dog running towards her, I'd much yeah. prefer that the 40 kilo dog hits me than her. Yeah, no, 100%. No, I think with Honey, my little papillon, um, when she was what I would always pick her up if I saw a dog that I wasn't sure about. Because like you say, she's two kilos, you know, yeah. she's just nothing. Whereas with Savvy, I've kind of used, well, we'll kind of talk about what we've kind of done and stuff with yeah. them. Um, but I've done kind of more training type stuff with mm-hmm. with her. Um I'm having a bit of an issue with spirit at the moment as well. He's my seven-month-old border collie. Um, in that, where we live, there's a lot of dogs that are just left in the gardens to just bark at anyone that goes past the houses. Um, yes, fun, fun. Um, and it's weird. I was doing really well with him. So with my shelties, I've kind of taught them that if they hear a dog barking, they look at me, they get food mm-hmm. and stuff. So Savannah used to react when we first moved here. She doesn't anymore. She's mm-hmm. used to it now. But it's weird since I've had like the three week break in England and I've come back and I've started walking spirit again. It's almost like it's just all everything we did before has kind of gone out the window. And as soon as he kind of hears dogs barking, he's just instantly like on his hind legs on the lead barking screaming um so yeah i'm having to kind of do puppy stage as well isn't he he is going through a bit of a weird adolescent phase at the moment as well so i think another fear period at this age as well um so it's kind of a mixture of everything so i'm really having to kind of watch where i walk him and everything um as well at the moment so mm-hmm. um so yeah so they're they're probably my two um spice has never really been massively interested in other she's always been a very polite girl um she's a very it's, sweet dog. it's interesting with my lot so if chica is on her own she's awesome chica is absolutely fine can take her anywhere she'll meet other dogs not a problem minx and chica together turn into yes. the Chihuahua Mafia and yeah. they're just dicks <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean, absolutely so the other week uh one of my clients has got a gorgeous uh fox red lab pup um and he so she brought him over to the farm we were going to do like a little social walk and I was like right I'm gonna get mine out let me just try something first so I got Minx out on her own and she saw the dog from like the distance she's comfortable with and was fine. And then I got Chica out on her own and then I got Minx out and then I got the rest out and they didn't kick off. Whereas mm. if I just got them all out the van in one go, they would have all have kicked off just yeah. because. And Tizer started kicking, like Tizer would never have kicked off, but if the Chihuahuas start now, I think because he can't fully see why we're barking, he just joins in the barking. Just yeah, barking. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, Splash actually is like can be a bit like have a bit of a pack mentality as well. So he'll be really sociable with the majority of dogs. Mm-hmm. But then if my girls tell another dog off that Splash has initially been friendly to, if he hears the girls kind of not being happy he's like oh okay are we not supposed to like this dog then and he'll kind of get he in there munch one day didn't he munch told something off didn't that dog yes. like try and hump her or something and munch like spun around and told it no and then yeah dived in and went, Oi, don't you pick on my mate yeah no he's very like he will switch like that you know so oh, it's interesting the dynamics of when they're in a group isn't it yeah and, and the um, thing is as well, so with Minx and Cheek, you kind of expect it a bit more because they are mum and daughter. Whereas when our guys, I think because we used to meet up weekly and walk together regularly, they did kind of end up in their little buddy system, didn't they? Yeah. Like, yeah, Honey and yeah. Tyler at the back, bringing yeah. up the rear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Munch and Savannah off hunting together. Yeah. And then, like, the, the splash kind of running between them and us and Chica and Spice just yeah. doing their thing. And Minx yeah. kind of just... Well, Minx is pretty glued to me on walks, though. Like, yeah. 
She's not. Yeah, like, she's never strays far, does she? No, she never goes far. And, like she never ever goes outside. Chica will like go a bit further, and Munch will obviously like Munch just goes off on her little adventures, lover. But Minx mm. has always stayed super close to me, and it's actually there are times I just wish she'd ex- like explore and sniff more and just kind of chill out more, but. It depends as well where we're walking because if she can tell I'm super vigilant, she yeah. stays a lot closer. Whereas near us, we've got um, there's a load of football pitches because I can see the yeah. whole area. She yeah. tends to go off a lot more than if I'm walking somewhere where we're on paths. So I'm having mm-hmm. to keep her closer yeah. to me to make sure it's all right. And but Munch actually is different when the chihuahua's there to on her own. Because Munch on her own as well, I mean, unless the dog's really rude to her, she just does her own thing. Like, she doesn't really want to interact. She's just, she's chill. Um, But if the chihuahuas go to kick off, Munch will kind of step in and go, oi, what are you doing? Mm. And then everyone gets cross with me because obviously she's full breed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. She's still fluffy. (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. And so... Is there anything in particular that you do with Minx when you see another dog when you're out on walks? So I did loads and loads and loads of um, name reflex stuff with her. So making sure that when she heard her name, she yep. came right to me. And actually the other day I was, um, I was up at the rugby pitch and mm-hmm. I spotted the dog before I spotted the owner. So I diverted across the pitch they were kind of walking up the sideline if you imagine nice and I diverted across away from them and all of a sudden luckily I had Munch really close to me but the guy had a tennis ball and guess where he threw the tennis ball oh no (laughs) can everybody else guess who's listening that's correct he threw it straight towards us whole rugby pitch Threw the ball straight towards us. So this little cocker has gone running in our direction. I just kept Munch close because sometimes like, I do have to be careful with her around toys with other dogs because obviously toys are super yeah. cool. And if another dog goes to tell her off over a ball, she is likely to tell them off back, which, you know, yeah. um, which is why we don't recommend you throw tennis balls into groups of strange dogs, people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just thought you know it'd be common sense really wouldn't you but you yeah would have thought so wouldn't you but obviously so I've kind of hurried ahead with Munch and I'm just worrying about he keeping her clear because I know the other two aren't going to do anything they're just going to like shout yeah well the chihuahuas have hooned towards this poor unsuspecting spaniel who's having a lovely time playing ball and just before they got to him I just went chihuahuas and they both just on a sixpence straight back to me. And I was like, good gun. And then I was like, can you throw your ball the other way? And managed not to swear. Are you proud of me? Um, I was going to say, did you throw in any? No, I yeah. didn't swear at him. I was, I was very good. He was obviously posh because he had a tennis racket rather than a ball chucker. Um, <laughs> honestly. But no, so I did a lot of recall work with Minx. Um, yeah. Lots of name week effects, eye contact. Um, also, I've taught her to ask me to be picked up. So okay, yeah. if she comes towards me and then turns her back to me, that means like she'll kind of jump up my leg. And then if she turns her back to me, that means she wants me to pick her up. And yeah. if she's choosing to be picked up, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell her that she can't. Um, I also use like the middle or the peekaboo position um, yeah. as her safe place so that she comes in between my legs. Um, I try to be honest to just do my OFEC and change direction when I see other dogs. Yeah. If yeah. I can't, I just pick her up because yeah. it's just easier to be honest. Um, yeah. In regards to a sort of training methods that I would use, I kind of did the sort of fat training stuff with her. Um, okay. Do you want to explain I, that to people that don't so know that fat is? training um, was 
created, invented by um, the lovely, lovely Grisha Stewart. Um, Grisha's awesome. I'm a big, big fan. And if you don't know about back training, guys, BAT, is that how it sounds? Um, check it out. Have a look. Um, I can't remember what Grisha's site is, but if you look up back training, you will find... I think it's her name. I think it's just grishastewart.com. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you. Um, but the way that kind of works is looking at the stress scale that the dog is on and then mm -hmm. what they need. So if they're in the green zone and there's a lovely, lovely um, graphic of a dog on a beach and then getting closer to the water, getting in the water, getting deeper, being underwater. And that's, yeah, that's actually a good way of doing it. So the green zone is where the dog's kind of just exploring the environment, um, the, the body language is nice and loose, they're avoiding the trigger, they're just sniffing around, they might be passing glances, but they're not staring, they're just kind of mooching and just chill. Yeah. So with that, you just follow where your dog's going and you don't really need to do anything because they're in the green zone. Yeah. As they get into the blue zone, that's where they start... Um, getting nearer to the potential trigger. So they start gathering information. They might start air scenting, ears are coming up, but they're still disengaging easily. So you can kind of wait for them to disengage and then either follow them or you can just gently kind of, so Grisha does lots of like lead stroking. So for horse people, it's almost like a half halt. You just yeah. kind of gently, so you're not pulling at the lead, You'd literally imagine like you're miming pulling a rope in is the best way to explain yeah. it. Um, yeah. So that encourages the dog to kind of stop. And then if they're just disengaged and they're happy to proceed forward, you kind of follow them. Then the yellow zone is where it's taken a few seconds for them to kind of disengage. So this is where they're starting to just be in the shallows of the water. They're just paddling a little bit. Um, the weight might be a little bit back. Um, they're avoiding the trigger a little bit. The tail might be dropping a little bit. Um, and this is where you kind of want to prompt the disengagement. So you need to just prompt them and then you kind of encourage them back to the green zone. So mm -hmm. if you get too close to the trigger, the idea is, is that you then prompt the dog to back away and go to back to the green blue zone where they're safe and then you can kind of when the dog is ready then start approaching the trigger more so the orange zone is where um you're you're going to see the weights back the tails tucked under the ears are down they might be crouching they might not want to take food all that yeah. kind of thing that is where you prompt them straight away name reflex whatever your cue is kissy noises and you move them back to dry land, you get them back to the green zone, and then you reinforce them in the green zone. And yeah. then the red zone is where you don't want to be. <laughs> you don't want yeah. to be in the red zone. Your red zone is underwater. Um, they're not able to eat. They might be panting. They might be shaking. If it's a chihuahua, they're probably shaking, um, mm -hmm. drooling, running from the trigger, or even trying to pull towards the trigger, um, mm -hmm. and barking. That is where you want to, you just need to get out of dodge. So you don't want to restrain that kind of flight, that flight mode. It's a case of getting them to move away from the trigger. If need be, jog away from it if it's safe to do so. Obviously, if that's going to cause the other dog to chase you, don't do that. But that's your get out of dodge. So you want the dog to ideally be in the blue zone. If you dip towards the yellow zone, it's okay, but you mm -hmm. want to be in the blue green zone. And I think for owners, I've had some real success using the bat training. Um, I know yeah. they won't mind me mentioning Snoopy. When I met Snoopy, he could not be within 50 meters of another dog without kicking off. Totally yeah. overrouse. He's a Springer Shepherd Stafford Hound mix. I remember he came to one of our dog yoga workshops. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah, Snoop him, yeah. was a rescue. And yeah, you met him at a dog yoga in an indoor venue he'd never been to before with 10 other dogs. And he coped. Mm. But the way we started his progress was a real mixture of 
the back training and then we started incorporating the dog yoga just to help him relax and start teaching him polite body language and we can dip into the yoga stuff in another episode because otherwise we'll be talking for hours, hours. about that yeah. <laughs> um but yeah for me i just i like the way that works and it's yeah. quite simple for handlers to be able to understand and it's very much about the dog the dog controlling the training yeah. rather than us deciding where the dog's lines are and stuff is very much the dog is telling you yeah it gives yes, the dog a lot of choice doesn't it exactly and that, I think exactly. it's also quite good as well for dogs that don't necessarily aren't necessarily reinforced by food so much you know mm-hmm. you can yeah kind of reward the dog by just moving away from the other exactly. dog exactly, that, exactly like. that and yeah and to be honest Grish is very much if the dog won't take food you're you're too close to the trigger like if yeah. the dog is yeah. incapable of doing a natural behavior then you need to go back steps and it's very much as well it's it means that you're working day to day with the dog you're with rather than having a training program that you're trying to work through day by day and might might not necessarily go back on your training and you with the back train you don't feel like if you go back a few steps you don't feel like you're failing because you're just yeah. working with how the dog is that day. Yeah, That's yeah. That's kind of why I like that that side of things. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. I like all like the different zones and stuff as well because I think quite often with a lot of clients that I see, then I think like I teach dog body language kind of quite early on with clients like this just to kind yeah. of make them aware because quite often the dog will be like over threshold and into the red zone. um and before the owner then kind of tries to intervene or step in i think it's really important to kind of make owners aware of the other signs of stress that are obviously a lot more subtle um and that they might not even notice unless you're actually either an expert in reading dog body Mm -hmm. language or you know you're just um so i think that's really important but also different breeds as well. Cause like, I mean, like one yeah. of the things obviously I would like, I've spoken about is like the tail position. Yeah. That doesn't work if you've got a pug or a bulldog. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> or a yeah. dog that's had their tail docked if you're in a country where they dock tails. So it's, yeah, as you say, it's teaching people how to read their dog as well yeah. as other people's. Yeah. And even teaching them as well. Like, again, I get so many messages that says like, you know, he's barking at the other dog, but he's wagging his tail. Um, And, you know, but it's not, obviously it's, it's, dogs do have different tail wags as, you know, whether they're happy, relaxed, anxious, worried, etc. Or is it fast and stiff? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, no, I really like that about all the different zones and the body language Mm. and everything. So, um, yeah, I think owners find that really, really helpful. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. What sort of stuff did you do with Miss Sav and with the youngster, your chief? Um, I kind of, I do loads of different things really. Um, I kind of have quite a few things. So I do quite a lot of like counter conditioning with my dogs, but I do it at a real distance. So again, I always try and keep them below threshold. Um, Explain to people that might not know what we're talking about with CC. Yeah. So basically with counter conditioning, you're kind of training the, um, sorry, (laughs) Um, you're you're basically kind of retraining your dog's emotional response. So at the moment, you know, if Savannah sees like a dog that she's not keen on, um, she will aggress or she, you know, if I let her, she would aggress. And that's just her way of kind of saying to the other dog, keep away, stay mm-hmm. away. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's basically it's a defense mechanism. She's kind of controlling her space and saying she doesn't want that other dog coming close to her. Yep. Um, so obviously before she gets into that kind of barking state, et cetera, quite often what I'll do um, is if she sees the dog at a distance, um, and I kind of, first of all, I'm very careful about where I walk her. So when I was living in England, I wouldn't go to say a park on a Saturday morning, for example, because why not? She would be 
I would be stressed um, and it would just be horrific. You know, it was, I want a nice positive experience for both of us. I think that's um, walks. <laughs> yeah, so I would quite often go to like, you know, I'd walk at quieter times, or I'd walk in big open spaces where I can kind of see all around me and see because I find as well the worst thing of this is like, you know, you'll be training your dog and then you'll just get a dog come out of nowhere, come rushing towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, which again we'll talk about what to do with that and stuff. Um so so yeah, so basically I would kind of have her um on like a long line and I'd even walk her in places where I know other dogs would also be on leads as well to try and mm-hmm. restrict other dogs from coming rushing up yeah. and just basically every time she saw a dog and again this would be at a distance it might be good 20 30 meters away to start off with um I would just feed her so as soon as she saw that dog she would get something really high value so I'd use like a small bit of steak chicken cooked chicken livers um, you know, she's quite a foodie dog, so she does appreciate food reinforcement very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she, I was just basically kind of teaching her that if she looks at a dog, rather than her having to feel worried or fearful, which would then cause the kind of negative reactions in her, she would just learn. If she looked at a dog, she would get something yummy. So I was just kind of paying her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit like I'm scared of spiders, for instance. Um, so perhaps if every time I saw one, someone gave me, I don't know, a hundred pounds or a glass of wine or something like that, then <laughs> um, <laughs> it might make me start to like them a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yep. But does that make sense? So we're kind of teaching her that mm-hmm. every time she sees a dog, it's like a positive association yep. rather than um, her having to kind of feel worried. What she would then start to do as well, and then I would then progress that on by like, she would then look at the dog and then look back at me. Nice. So I was then rewarding her for disengaging from the dog and focusing on me. Yep. Rewarded. So you're kind of teaching an alternative behavior rather than the barking and the growling. And So it's not just saying, don't do that. It's do this instead. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because I think as well, you know, dogs are very like, I think the more you allow them to aggress, the better practice they are at it. It's the same as with anything, isn't it? The more you practice, the better you get at doing it. So well, yeah, the prevention the is a massive thing. And the thing is as well, if they are barking and lunging and shouting, and then the other dog goes away, that's reinforced the barking and the lunging and the shouting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing I think people, and you just touched on it briefly, but I think one thing to make people like really think about is that when we use the words like aggress and reactive, it doesn't mean that the dog is being aggressive as in they are violent. It means that they are reacting in a way of defense. And I would say 98% of the reactive dogs I have met they are reactive because they are scared. Oh yeah, hundred percent, definitely, definitely. And I think even sometimes the word reactive can become a bit misleading because really mm. we all react to everything all yeah. the time, you know. So it's um yeah. So when we use that word, we're just meaning it yeah. today as well. you know, reacting in a bit of a negative way that we yeah, but I mean and. But I think it's important for people to like remember that a lot of the time the dogs are behaving because they are scared and it's not because they're behaving. And I mean, yes, there are dogs and I have met a few that genuinely want to have a tear up just because they want to have a tear up. Um, But I would say they are the exceptions rather than the rule. And I know what... Both of, I mean, Sav and Minx are both defensive. And I maybe we should use the word defensive rather than reactive. Yeah, I'm good with that. Because yeah. I, think, I think that's what it is, isn't it? But everyone knows the term reactive, but maybe we should use the term defensive instead because I think a lot of the time when dogs show aggression, it's because they are being defensive. Yeah, 100%, definitely. Definitely. Um, us getting all technical and geeky and stuff. Yeah. 
I know, absolutely. But it is, you know, and it's a bit like, again, I talk about spiders a lot when I'm dealing with my clients because I'm terrified of them. Um, but like, you know, if a tarantula was about to come running across the room right now, I would probably scream the place down because I'm in the house and I can't necessarily run away. Yeah. Um, you know, my boyfriend might come and move it away. And it's that huge feeling of relief that is so internally rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same for dogs as well. You know, if they see yep. something that they're really panicked by, yep. they are, you know, it's a bit of a fight or flight response. You know, some dogs might choose to run away. Other dogs, especially if they're on a lead, they might not. So they're going to be more intimidated. So they are going to kind of react in a growly, lungy, barky yeah. kind of way. Um, um, and, it, and if it does work to so say if the dog does move away, it's that they are feeling so relieved. It's so intrinsically rewarding for them that it doesn't matter what, you know, I've seen owners kind of tell their dogs off or try and, you know, calm them down, whatever, but it, nothing will kind of work when they're there's, in that state. They're incapable of learning. There's a so lady near us. so important to keep them under threshold, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, so they are in a kind of a learning state. Yes, no, definitely. I mean, there's a lady near us that's got um, a little tribe of Datsuns. Um, she lives near me. I do have a client that has a tribe of Datsuns and we've nicknamed them the Savages um, because they <laughs> shout when they're... They do. They're, they're in their little group and they will shout at other dogs, but they're fine with my guys because we walk together and all the rest of it. Um, but the the lady that's near me, she's she's done minimal socialization from what I can gather um she asked me to do a training session with her and then I think when she realized it actually meant she had to put some effort in yeah um it was just one of those situations but I hear her dogs barking and all you hear is no 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 and she's barking with the dogs and I'm like what are you doing I mean, yeah. my guys used to run out and bark back. Now, my my guys don't even, they don't react now because mm. they're like, oh, whatever, it's them. But when yeah. we first moved here, they found that, especially Minx, Minx found that really stressful hearing yeah. dogs mm. and people shouting basically the other side of her garden wall. She was like, what is that? Um, yeah. But I think... With you using the spider analogy, I think the other thing that people need to be really careful of is that there are trainers that use flooding when they're dealing with reactivity and they put the dog in a situation where they're surrounded by other dogs and they're like, look, the dog's not reacting. The reason the dog is not reacting is because they are so freaking terrified. They can't. And if I put you in a room full of spiders, and I'm sorry to give you this mental image or anyone else doesn't like spiders. If you're driving while you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but if I suddenly put you in a room and then filled it with spiders, like that's not going to stop you being scared of the spiders. If I yeah. then got angry with you because yeah. you're scared of spiders, like I'm, I don't do the dentist. Needles is the one for me. A, I understand the irony yeah. that I have a ton of tattoos, but I don't like needles. <laughs> but it's the, um, like the canyon needles that go into your hand. Like even just talking about now, I can, my heart rate's increasing just talking about it. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I finally found a dentist that if I raise my hand, he stops immediately. And okay. given me the control... I actually went for a checkup without my husband. Okay, cool. I had not been to a dentist. Before I met this dentist, I had not been to the dentist for 10 years. That's how bad my phobia is. Yeah. Dale came with me the first time. I had a broken tooth, so I had to go. And Dale came with me and he reinforced my good behavior. (laughs) (laughs) But because the dentist gave me that choice of I could tell him to stop or he would carry on, it, it took about four sessions with him. But now I can go and if I don't need treatment, it's just a checkup, I can go to the dentist on my own. But it's because I've been given the choice 
and yep. because I can choose whether to approach or I guess it's it's that back training principle because mm-hmm. I have controlled the situation. Whereas like yeah. and like with the counter conditioning, like if every time I went to the dentist, someone, and this is probably totally counterproductive, but then someone gave me a massive chocolate bar, I would yeah. probably feel better yeah. without going to the dentist. So yeah. In fact, I think we went to the cinema after our first trip because I was so good. <laughs> that's why kids stickers, isn't it? Those Absolutely, yes. Stuff. It's all positive reinforcement. Reinforcement, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely, um, definitely. Before we finish, because otherwise this is going to end up being like a three-hour episode. Um, quickly, I know, there's so much what, more we could talk about. Yeah, oh, we, we might need to touch back on this. I think we will at some point. Absolutely. Um, but what is your port of call so you've you do your counter conditioning or i'm doing the back training whatever methods we're using our dogs are starting to get better but there is going to be a point where you are in the real world and you are gonna get that off lead don't worry he's friendly dog run over to you Mm -hmm. what do you do Okay, so there's a few things that I do. Um, I mean, luckily, it doesn't really happen very often now, but I do have a few tricks up my sleeve. So one of them is I've kind of taught my dogs like a behind cue, or mm-hmm. I use like myself as a body block. So mm-hmm. I'll either put Savannah on the other side of me or I'll put her behind me, and I will kind of um, just kind of feed her from behind. Mm-hmm. Um whilst I, I've also as well kind of done things like putting them in a sit behind me and then perhaps going up to the other dog, throwing some food at it as well. Literally out of their head. Love food. Yeah. It's, that's quite a good method. If you literally do see a dog and especially like a dog that might be a breed that is typically quite food motivated. Um, you can <laughs> well, just grab you a the friendly food. Labrador. You're allowed to say it. The friendly Labrador. Throw food in its head, it fixes it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Love a lab. Bless them. Um, so yeah, by throwing food at the dog, it just gives the dog time to kind of like think, oh gosh, there's food over there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of di- can divert their attention. They stop yeah. and sniff and get the food. Yeah. And then it gives you time to get you and your dogs out of the situation. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of quite good. Um, there is a product called Spray Shield as well. I don't know if you've ever used it, but it's basically, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and all it is, it's just like a kind of, um, a citronella spray. It doesn't make like a loud hissy sound or anything like that. But if you Mm -hmm. do see a dog coming, you can just, and again, if the owner is miles away, you can just spray in the direction of the dog and it can just be used just to kind of keep the other dog okay so is, so it is aversive but that's the point of it that the dog will come towards it and go oh that stinks i'm not going near that okay that makes sense uh, no i do know quite a few dog trainers that do kind of use it um i think Brisha stewart's mentioned it um a couple yeah. of others as well so I've never really I've only ever had to do that once or twice where literally the owner's oh. been miles away I will kind of call at the other owners as well yeah, can you call your dog please? but yeah that's not always successful <laughs> like <laughs> um <laughs> so yes and like you say emergency u-turns can be quite useful as well yep um but again I'm very much like I'm quite aware of like I say if I see a dog in the distance that looks a bit slightly out of control or with the owner mm-hmm. isn't present. To be honest, I will probably just change direction and just kind of walk yep. away. Yep. I find for me, um, when I have munch with me, people seem to have better control of their dogs. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got a ball breed. Um, yeah. I find that um, if... If I've just got the chihuahuas, I know they will kick off if something comes too close. Um, so I try and just get them to focus on me, looking at me, use that safe yeah. space, like you said, um, change direction if I can. Worst case scenario with them, as I said, I do pick them up. I know that is really controversial and people will say, oh, but you could get bitten, blah, 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 blah. I'll be honest, I'd much prefer I got nailed by another dog than my chihuahua yeah. did. So, yeah. 
I take that. I take. I respect that I'm taking a risk with that one, but I'm prepared to take that risk. And um, yeah, the frying of the food. But to be honest, because I'm pretty loud, if I see the dog hooning towards me, I've generally shouted, can you call your dog, please, before the dog is even within 20 meters. So yeah, I had I had one old boy get um, get really like grumpy with me a few weeks ago. I was coming out of I was coming out of uh, Banstead and I was heading towards the car park. There was a dog walker in front of me. So I backed off of her to give her time. And then this terrier just came hooning out. I'd, I'd got all of mine on lead. So I actually had five dogs on lead at this point. Yeah. And this awfully terrier came to run towards me. And I actually stepped between them, shouted no at the dog, shouted at the owner to call his dog. The dog walker then realized I was having a problem and managed to get her dogs out the gate. Um, if she just hurried up, there wouldn't have been a problem. Um, yeah. I was really annoyed because I'd been really nice and let her go ahead of me. And you know, when you regret your decision. Yeah. And then as I got in the van, he, then the old boy with the terrier came out and I saw him talking to the dog walker and he was pointing towards me and I put all the dogs in the van and I'm not going to lie, I was fuming. I was actually fuming. <laughs> and I drove around the car park and I stopped and I was like, I'd just like to say to you, the reason I shouted at you to call your dog is because I had five dogs on lead. I was trapped between two groups of dogs. And one of my dogs would have attacked yours if it had got too close. Mm -mm. He was on lead and you saw they were on lead. And all of a mm. sudden, him and the dog walker went from pointing their fingers and nearing. They both just shut up. So I went, have a nice day and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually fuming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the problem, isn't it? So many people just think that their dogs are friendly, that it's just they let their dogs go up to other dogs that are on the lead and they just think it's okay because they aren't aware. Um, if you see a dog on lead, guys, and this, this is everyone, just please tell everyone, if you see a dog on lead, please just yeah. pull your dog back, pop your dog on lead, or just go in another direction. There is a reason that dog's on lead. It might be friendly and just have a, have a bad recall, or yeah. it might have. It could have just had surgery, or it could be elderly, or it could be blind. It could be deaf. Like Tizer doesn't go off lead now because he's going blind. Yeah. Deaf. I don't need another yeah. dog running up to him. If the other dog approaches slowly and yeah. he can take his time, that's absolutely fine. But if another dog rushes him, same with Honey. Like Honey's eyesight's going now, isn't it? You don't yeah, want another yeah. dog rushing her. Yeah, no, but yeah, if, if you see a dog on lead, guys, please just call your dog back, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So many people do do that anyway, but not everyone needs to do that. Oh my God, and if someone makes the effort, make sure that you like thank them. Like, yeah, Like reinforce definitely. their good behavior. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have even shouted out to owners before, you know, oh, my dog's really scared. Could you please call your other dog away? And most of the time people are really good yeah. and they do call their dogs back, but yeah. it's just the odd 10% of people that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I had it this morning. I was coming, um, I was coming back from my walk. The dogs were on lead and there's a grassy area near me. Um, I personally wouldn't let my dogs off lead on it, but there was a lady with the ball chucker just playing with her dog. And she saw me coming, so she called her dog close. So I just said to her, oh, look, one of mine is really terrified. Would you mind just keeping your still? Minx is already kicking off because she's seen the dog running. So she's yeah, like, that yeah. dog moves quickly. So I just kind of got her to pay attention to me. And I put Munch in between her and the other dog. So rightly or wrongly, I use Munch as a bit of a body block because they have to go through Munch before they get to Minx. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the lady was lovely. And as I got past her, I was like, thank you so much. And she went, oh, you're very welcome. And she actually sounded shocked that I'd said thank you. Oh, really? yeah. But I know no, next absolutely. time I see her, she'll probably just get her dog and I won't. I'll just say morning and that'll be it. Yeah, yeah. Most people near me now know me and my dogs and just go the other way because they know I'm antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is helpful if you can have someone like that that understands. That is really... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very useful. 
And it's not personal to like the other person's dog. Like I'm sure their dog is lovely, but my dogs can't cope with that. So yeah. please don't put them in that situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right, chick. Anything else you want to add? Um, God, we could talk about this all evening, couldn't we? But we I think really we should leave could. it there. There I are so many more things to say, but maybe we can perhaps we'll do a part two. two. Yeah. We could do a part two. Think. We'll do a part two or three or 10 or 20,000. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, if anyone does have any questions or comments or anything, then do head over to our Facebook page. It's Dog Trainer Confessions, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got over 200 members. Doing really good. It's exciting. exciting. <laughs> so yes cool well it's been lovely speaking to you yep you too chick and we will catch up very soon so it's bye-bye from me and bye-bye from me too so Chantal, if people want to find out more where can they find us so you can find us on our Facebook group, Dog Trainer Confessions, the podcast. Or if you want to find out more about me, Chantel, probably the best place to go to is my website, www.thelettersck9training.co.uk. And you can find out more about me and what I'm doing at www.k9hooperswell.com. Until next time, bye-bye.